0: Welcome to the Automation Unplugged podcast, the podcast for technology professionals featuring leading industry personalities. I'm your host, Ron Callis. Today's show features Greg Dixon, president and AV specialist. Tampa-based AV Specialist was founded in 1995 by Greg Dixon once he and his family moved to Florida from Buffalo, New York. Greg decided to open up shop and focus on installing the same technologies he loved designing into his own home. Now 25 years later, AV Specialist is having their most successful year in company history thanks to his dedicated and growing team and a renewed focus on home construction and remodeling from his core customer base. We live streamed this interview on our One Firefly Facebook page on Wednesday, December second, twenty twenty, at eleven a.m. Eastern Time. In this conversation, we discussed Greg's approach to making twenty twenty their most successful year. What projects looked like for Greg back in nineteen ninety five. Major changes Greg made to help take AV specialists to the next level and Greg's approach to company culture. I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you do as well. Let's jump into my interview with Greg Dixon. There you are, Greg. All right. Now we see you. How are you, sir? Doing fantastic. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. Uh, let's tell the audience, uh, uh where are you coming from us now? Are you at your home or your office? Yeah,
1: we're in a, I'm actually in the showroom at the uh, at the store right now. Sitting next to some Macintosh gear and some Sonos Faber speakers. <laughs> yeah, is this your two-channel room
0: or is this a the theater? Is. Yeah, it's the two-channel room. Two-channel room. Okay, cool. And uh, tell us a little bit uh, about AV Specialist. Who and what is AV Specialist? How long have you been around? And then we'll as always we'll go back into your your backstory. But let's start with your business.
1: Yeah. So we started in 95. We've kind of always done about 50% commercial, 50% residential. And obviously with COVID thing, the residential is way, way up because everybody's stuck home. And uh, it's just been the last kind of three, four years have been fantastic.
0: Just nothing but uh, you know growth straight up. So uh, it's been fun. What What is a typical type of project residentially that you would do? And what's a typical commercial project that you would do?
1: Yeah. So the residentials can be all over the place. You know, it could be something from a, a sound bar in a nice TV in a condo with maybe a control four system to, you know, a whole house automation with control four and ceiling speakers and Wi Fi and door locks and, you know, you name it. It's in there. It's just kind of you never really know what it, what you're going to get, and so it could be big, could be small, anywhere in between.
0: Got it, understood. And what is what does a commercial project look like for you?
1: So that's also uh, another thing that's really varied. It could be anything from a restaurant. It could be something to do at a church. Uh, could be uh, we we do a boardrooms occasionally, although that's kind of gotten really scaled down. We do more of like a lot of huddle rooms, which is not all that different than what we're doing right here. Uh, and only we might do a, possibly a classroom where you're doing a big audience okay. or just a couple of people around a table. So,
0: got it uh, under, under. I'm assuming that some of the commercial stuff has been uh, maybe harmed in some ways due to the, the COVID economy there.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. Although, uh, the, the residential has been really growing anyway, so it's, it's hard to tell how much of one is the other since. Uh, Business hasn't slowed down and we really got all we can handle at the moment. Uh, So probably a good thing that the commercial slowed down, I guess, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, no, I want to dive into the Mm. state of business. Uh, But before we go there, I want to go in the way back machine. And before I go there, I want to address our our live audience, folks that are tuned in. Uh, Don't forget to drop comments or questions. Uh, If you have questions for Greg... And as long as they are uh, fair and suitable, and maybe even if they aren't fair or suitable, I'll still read them. But uh, uh, let's have fun. So drop in a comment or question. Also, let us know where you're coming to us from. I love that folks are tuning in live. Uh, But yeah, Greg, let's go back. How did you get started? I mean, you're here in this AV business. You've been running your business since 95. How did this all start?
1: Yeah, so this all goes way back to, uh, I was kind of like a regional manager of an auto parts chain back in Buffalo, New York. And we were building a house and it's probably like way early in the automation business. A friend of mine, Steve Powers, back in Buffalo, New York, was putting in some speakers and doing some stuff for us in our new home. And I was like, oh my God, this is a thing? You could actually do this? There's a business doing doing audio and video? Like, I want to do that. So. Uh coincidentally, at the same time, uh, the economy sort of tanked up there in Buffalo with both my wife and I's business. And so we decided to relocate to Florida, since if we had to kind of start over again, we'd go somewhere with good weather and better sports teams. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, basically we started with, uh, you know, I don't know, 50 bucks in my pocket and a fold-up ladder in the back of a convertible and just kind of built little by little each year. Till we got to where we're at now.
0: What What would a project? So back in '95, when you started, uh, you didn't start with a physical brick and mortar facility, right? It was just running it out of your house.
1: Yep, started at the house, moved to a storage shed, moved to a bigger storage shed, moved to two storage sheds, moved to three, moved to a business, moved to a bigger business, moved to yet another bigger business. So a lot of
0: moves. what, what would a project, so in 95, what would a, if you sold a system or sold something to a customer, what were you out there doing?
1: It could have been anything from like uh, hooking up a TV antenna with a direct TV, or I actually might've even done a satellite or two. I heard some, I heard the guys the other day talking about that. Uh, so I remember being out in the, in the cold, actually uh, doing my first one back home for, we used to love the satellites because we could get the, uh, the games uh, before you could, so you get a live feed. It was really interesting. The kind of you hear like a lot of comments that don't make it on air and it's kind of fun. So um, but anyway, so uh we did that. Uh we might I put up a satellite dish down here, one or two, maybe for local restaurants. Um might have done some speakers like at a church, some maybe just some coax wiring and some a lot of modulators, I remember back in the day. Uh getting the TV and the cameras and stuff over the
0: Were were there many companies? So you were in Florida, you were still in Clearwater in ninety five?
1: Yep, that's when we moved here.
0: Was there many integration companies, the concept of an integrator or technology contractor? Was that a thing Were there were there lots of those businesses around?
1: Yeah, I think yeah, it was. In fact, I, I went to a couple of local places to try and get a job as a as a sales guy. And I was kind of I never got hired. Um, I, somebody wanted to start me as like a like a low level installer and um you know I'm not opposed to installing but that wasn't what I was looking to do if I was going to work for somebody else so sure. I'm just like well that's what we're going to do we'll do it for myself so
0: got it got it that that makes sense now tell us today you are you're in your two channel listening room tell us about the facility that you have today what's the purpose of the facility and how has it played out with covid and and have your customers been shy about coming into the store or kind of how what what has that been like so, yeah,
1: I mean, we've got, we've kind of updated, do something maybe once or twice a year to kind of keep it better. We've got a two-channel room. We've got a theater. And more than anything, it's we're not really a walk-in kind of a place. We like to bring the client in so we can show him what he's buying and show him why he should buy this pair of speakers over that pair of speakers, something like that. You know, put the remote control in their hand, let them see how easy it is to use. Because a lot of people are afraid of that. And they're like, no, this is so easy. You'll have no problem using it so um that's that's kind of why we have this basically to it's so much easier to sell somebody something better uh when they can see it or hear it just it makes it a no better it makes if you put five hundred dollars difference on a pair of speakers on paper, people won't do it, but when you bring them in and you say, "Listen to this one, listen to that one, oh okay, we'll take it
0: they'll okay. take so just that experience <laughs> so this is an experience center, really, yeah,
1: yeah, that's a good way to put
0: it how How often are you finding that you're upgrading the technology? You know, like, is that a burden or is that just part of the business that, you know, you have to keep things updated or, or like, what's the state of that? I always imagine that could be a pain. Like maybe you sell a unit. Now the room doesn't work anymore, but you've got so much money in the room. Like, how do you manage that?
1: Yeah. You know, it it is, it's, it's. It is a burden, but it's also part of the business. So, I mean, you don't get one without the other. The kind of the cool thing and the annoying thing about our business is it changes so fast. Yeah. So it gets frustrating every year trying to sell your uh, TV that's no longer uh, applicable because there's a new model out. You have to kind of find a way to get rid of it. It's also kind of like one of the fun challenges. It also lets people get deals that might not normally be able to pull the trigger.
0: So if a vendor upgrades a model, you might move the model that you're sitting on to get the new one in. So yep. you win and the customer wins. Yep.
1: Yeah, Sometimes right. the employees win. Sometimes they end up with the stuff too. So.
0: so if there was a theme for 2020, I'm going to throw a curveball question at you. Uh, we're coming to the end of the year here. So I'm kind of thinking in a holistic way about the full year. If there was a theme for 2020, what, what is that theme yeah, for so you?
1: The theme for 2020, I don't, I think it's based loosely on a Warren Buffett quote and there's several different versions I've heard, but it's something like uh, when everybody else is spending cut back and when everybody else is cutting back spend. So like right around this year in March, the whole COVID thing kind of, kind of happened. And originally we're all terrified because we didn't know know, what that was going to mean to us. So I thought, I thought about it and I was like, well, you know what, this, Everybody else is kind of afraid of this. I'm not really afraid of COVID. I mean, like, whatever, bring it on. I'll get sick and then I'll get better. So I'm like, let's spend some money. And while this could be our chance to like really be a bigger player in, in, the, in the, you know, in our area, and kind of like move us from like wherever place we at, you know, move us up like five, 10 notches, be a bigger player in the area. So we did a you know, we spent some more money. We actually increased. We talked to you. We spent more on our advertising budget. So I'm like, now's the time. I'm like, more people are going to be home. More people are going to be looking. Uh, I didn't know how it was going to work out. I was actually really scared, but it worked out really good. And we did. We also did the same thing. We acquired a lot. Uh, probably three more employees. Uh, once it, one we, had, one was really scary because we hired a new guy, and then the next day we had a sticker on our door that said, "You're shut down." So uh, I'm like, oh no! I just hired this guy.
0: What was the sticker for?
1: Uh, the the sheriff went around and put a sticker on every door that said, "Your business is uh,
0: closed," uh, whatever, because of the COVID thing. So was it legal? Was it like a county mandate or a state mandate? Yeah, what-
1: yeah, like a county mandate. And I don't I don't exactly remember what it says because we never paid attention to it. So we left. So you just kept
0: on. operating regardless of the sticker.
1: Yep, we tried to make sure everybody was safe. You know, kept everybody away from each other. Nobody knew what the deal was. Uh, the people that were scared, we had them take their vacation and stay home. Uh, the people that wanted to come in came in, and uh, you know, little by little, just kind of kept plugging along. So you'd ask about the uh, the showroom, and so we have clients that are nervous to come in. We have others that come in and they don't care about master like like we had COVID already. We don't care. Do you care? I'm like, uh, we're here to do whatever you want to do. Like my thing is, who is whatever you're comfortable with to do, I'll wear a mask if it, if I feel like somebody needs to, if I was, you know, if I was on a plane or in a, a crowded subway, I might want to wear a mask, but uh, walking down the street or going for a run. No, thank you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I guess I don't understand. I know in some states around the country, and I don't want to get too political because this is a polarizing topic, as silly as that is, I don't know that it should be. But the idea that, like, I, I, I walk every morning, right? That's my mental health and physical health activity. I try to walk, you know, three or four miles every morning, seven days a week. And the idea that I would wear a mask while I'm walking where no one's within hundreds and hundreds of feet, like, that makes not even a little bit of sense to me. Nope. So I don't do that. And <laughs> But I would also add, yeah, I don't think we're required to do that here in Florida. But there are some states where you are required to do that. And that uh, that just strikes me as a little bit silly. But, yeah, this uh, is like
1: way back in the beginning. And then we got declared essential and then none of that stuff really mattered. So
0: yeah, that that makes sense. So the residential business has, you said the residential business is booming. Give us just what what is that meant for you? How are they, uh, when they engage with you, what do your customers want? What are they asking for?
1: Uh, so we're seeing a lot more and of what you might expect out. Uh, People are realizing how bad their Wi-Fi is. So, you know, the the budget for the Wi-Fi is, is increased tremendously. And we're selling brands like Ruckus and which, you know, before that would have been, people would be like looking at going, you want how much money for Wi-Fi? And be like, well, you want it to work? This will work. And, you know, if there's, and so even if they don't want to do the Ruckus, there's other options be from like Arachnus and Package and all that. At a little bit lower price point, depending on how important it is to you. So that's a. a So they're
0: asking for home networking solutions. Absolutely. Do they care how much they spend, or like you know, is is this time maybe the demands on their network has it changed their willingness to to purchase quality or more robust solutions?
1: Exactly. That's what I was trying to get at. But yeah, exactly. That that the the price has become way less important in the. The function has become way more important, especially with kids home from school and all that.
0: So have you managed to, you you mentioned that you'd hired three new techs and you kind of ramped up your production capacity before the demand was there. So kind of as a a predecessor, so you were hoping the demand would be there. Have you filled that that, that capacity? You know, you're, you're now your team is all busy.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. One we had hired right before because we, uh, you know, we kind of seen that we're, it was getting tough to finish the jobs with what we had on the table because business was already good before COVID. Then it kind of dropped off for just the end of March was bad and April was bad. Then it came right back, and so uh, we had a new tech. We we went out and got another tech there pretty recently, and the one of the biggest differences really is we brought in a sales guy that's a lot better at selling than I am. So.
0: I, I'm I'm seeing we got a friend here commenting, so I'm actually going to take the uh uh you got Joey there commenting, so I'm going I'm to put that on the screen in, in just a minute. Hey Joey, thanks for tuning in. Um, but I I want to ask a question because you told me something that I I don't even if you had told me this before, Greg, I don't know that I heard it. Sometimes people say things and and you, it's in one ear and out the other. But you said something to me recently and I I heard it and I'm it really. Struck my curiosity, and you you mentioned that you had started AV specialist, you know, in 1995. I'm trying to do the math. I think that's 25 years ago. 20 25 years ago. Yep. And you mentioned it's really been in the last two to three years that your business has really taken off. Yep. So there was you know 20 some years where you were here and you were doing okay. In the last so many years. There's been a big change. There's been a, a a notable change in trajectory of the business. Yep. What caused that? What do you think about? What do you attribute that move to or that pivot?
1: Yeah. You know, that's that's all actually pretty clear in my mind. So one of the one of the other guys down here uh, told me if you want to make money on TVs, you need to join something like a Pro Source. So we did, and and joining Pro Source just kind of opened my eyes to. The other possibilities. When I seen the kind of jobs people were doing, and I'm like, and the education that they gave you, I was like, wow. So we got involved with Prosource, which brought us to meet like other people, like, uh, you know, we got we saw brands like Control Four, brands like Sony, brands like, um, we've got other brands like Macintosh, and so these big brands. When we spent the money uh, for the, you know, the buy-in to to put these brands in our place. You know, it was terrifying. And I was like, am I going to be able to sell this? But we but we did. So around that same time, we also got hooked up with you and your company. And just just by, I mean, the, one of the biggest differences we ever made, and I, and I know i told you this one before, is uh, changing our website. And, and just because that's your first impression people see. They dial up and they see your website. And then that's their opinion of you. Know, via. So, so that led us to you. That helped everything. And then funny enough, we were Joey's... Joey's uh, ears must have been burning because. Uh,
0: I'm going to put it, I'm going to put his comment on the screen now. So there's Joey. He says, Hey, Jen, <laughs> some of my two favorite people in the industry. Thanks Joey. Likewise. Thanks for tuning in.
1: So yeah, you know, hooking up with uh, Joey's company was another thing it was like terrifying to be writing that big check uh, compared to what kind of monies we were used to, but it's the right thing to do. And it really helped me turn the corner because I was trying to figure out what he's doing for the last 10 years and haven't been, it wasn't able to pull it off. And then, so let's
0: let's expound on that. You were trying to do what for ten years that you were not able to pull off?
1: Uh, some kind of recurring revenue or some way to charge for all the return trips and and have it organized, ticketed, and make money off of clients. You know, in this AV business, and and I'm sure a, a lot of us have done it. You're like you're going helping people on the phone for hours for a system they've had for ten years, and it's like that's nice and all, but in the meantime what I started noticing and I was like, I need a proposal done. And one of my guys would be talking to a client that, you know, that hasn't bought something in 10 years. I'm like, well, we'd love to help the guy, but I actually need that proposal before we need to help that guy. And it wasn't working that way. And by, you know, by hooking up with this, you know, with Joey and his system, it just kind of takes care of all that it gives you an, it, basically gives you the structure that you need. Cause we're not, uh, I'm not a big structure guy.
0: And how long have you been engaged with one vision, which is Joey's company? I think it's two years now, two years. How does it work? So customer has a, a need or they they want to call in on that Friday afternoon or, you know, or Friday evening, uh, you know, and they have an issue or they think they need support. What happens? Uh,
1: So basically uh, there's a number, a specific extension for support. And now, you know, we have different plans that we offer clients, depending on what kind of help they want. And so, you know, it's kind of crazy to expect that somebody could call up on a Friday at three and we could immediately roll a truck out to go and help them. So um, based on what kind of tier or support that they would pick, that would, you know, that would it's kind of already preset what kind of service they would get. And if somebody doesn't want to do it, that's great. We're we're never going to not help anybody. Uh, But um, you realize that when you're not on a plan that you're going to go, you know, you're at the back of the line. There's other folks that are ahead of you. Now, yeah, it's interesting too with the uh, hurricane that just kind of r- hit this area we really really realized how important that is and a lot of folks that like just come down to this area like and they visit they have their main homes out of town it's really important that their system would be monitored because we had we had almost everybody that all our nice houses are out on the water so all the best houses have the very worst uh infrastructure as far as internet and power and the, their expectation is they come down and everything works, but with the power situation and, and the rest of the grid, just it's just terrible. It's it's, it's a lot of work to keep everybody happy.
0: Are, and help me. This is this might be a silly question. Certainly, Joey's gonna like slap his hand to forehead when I ask this question. Um, but educate me and educate the audience. When when there's a let's say you you have a client they bought stuff from you ten years ago. And let's say that you know the network goes down. And let's even say, you know, some stuff burned up or broke. Or what do they do? Or how are you preemptively managing that? And how do you coordinate that with Joey and OneVision to get that client system brought back to life in a way that's fair to you from a business and a, a, a money standpoint? And it's fair to the client because they're happy because their system's alive.
1: Yeah, you know, that's one of the other beauties of this is so you have, you have a ticketing system, a ticket would come through to you. And now uh, in the past, we were just basically kind of wing it. Oh, this guy needs help again. And we'd go help him. But now there's a written record. So everything that we do is, is in a ticket. Every time we've been out to a house, we have a written record of what we did and what we recommended. And it just makes it a lot easier. Um, you know, in the past, too, as, as when we we're small, one guy's taken all these calls. And now we've got, you know, we've got 12 different people here. So we've got, you can say, I'm looking at your notes and I see that we've talked to you about this on this day and this day and this day. Are we ready to do this yet? Or are we going to keep on, we're going to keep on just kind of coming out. We we can bill you forever if you want to, but we could also fix it if you, you've already given me, you've already given me $700 to fix it. We only wanted $1,500 to be done with it.
0: Why not just replace (laughs) it and move on? No, that's, that's, that's very cool. Uh, I want to, I want to jump on. I'm just mindful of time, Greg, because I I know that uh, actually uh, you have things to do and I have to go do this other thing uh, with the Cedia talk, but I got a couple more topics I want to jump into quickly if we can. And that is that I I know that you have a philosophy that you, you have fun in the workplace from a company culture standpoint. You like to joke around with your guys uh, or your team. And, and then when you got to be serious with your customer, you, you know, you get serious and talk about the proposal, kind of what, what's your philosophy on running an office or running a company? And how do you, and I know you've had some members of your team stick with you for 20 plus years. Uh, how do you do that?
1: Yeah. So that philosophy goes back to that auto parts chain I was telling you about. We used to work 60 hours a week there. So we'd see each other way more than we'd see our wives, girlfriends, dogs, whatever, So I'm like, if we got to do this, and this is what we're doing every, we need to have fun. So we would joke around. We kind of carried over to this business too. You know, we'll hide. We scare people, hiding behind the door, (laughs) playing all kinds of childish games. Uh, My wife says she would never work for me, but uh,
0: I don't know. (laughs) So you guys like will prank each
1: other? Oh, absolutely. The whole day is a prank. Uh, so, the whole
0: day is a prank. Uh,
1: so you're basically you're trying to have as much fun as you can, and then you know there are just times where it's serious. you get serious, you solve, you know, the five minutes you take care of the client, put on your game face, do what you need to do. But in the meantime, you know when, you know you don't want to be laughing when a client's looking at you with a problem. But uh, so other than that, we we try to you know just kind of keep everything going.
0: All right, one one or two more nuggets of gold. What do you have for that business owner that's out there that has not been operating for 25 years? Maybe they've been at it for a few years. And what's a a word of wisdom or two that you wouldn't mind sharing? Something that you've learned along the way that now you practice that you wish you had known earlier?
1: That I wish I would. You know, one of the things that we just do is we just try to do what we said we're going to do. So if I tell you, I'm going to make your system do X, I like to believe that we would deliver that. You know, and so, I would like to think my word is good. You don't need a contract from me. If I say I'm going to do X, you're going to get it. And other than that, we just try to always—we're always looking for something better, uh, not necessarily more profitable, but uh, a, something that'll make something be better. You Give know, me an example. Uh, so just take ceiling speakers. You know, we started out with—I'll I'll stay away from brands, but you know, real popular one that we thought sounded okay now when we if i think about that speaker i'm like oh my god this is horrible why would anybody even put this in their ceiling uh when we can you know put in this one for not that much more money and it's night and day difference so try to give people i think a good bang for their buck
0: yeah Be- better is better that, that's i i say that all the time around one firefly fly. better is better and your customer will appreciate it you know your team will appreciate it so yeah, that's that's great. Uh, Greg, how can folks that want to learn more about AV specialists or that want to get in touch with you, what is the best way they can do that?
1: Uh, well, we're on Facebook. I don't know if you have the links there, but it's AV specialists incorporated.
0: I'm going to do this. I'm going to at least put your website up here on the screen so everyone could see that.
1: Perfect. And there's a contact on there. If you write, if you write on that website, you can reach me.
0: Here we go. I'll put your scroller for at least your website. Uh, do you want to volunteer any uh, social handles, uh, or phone numbers, or emails, or do you, is the the website the best way for yeah. people to get in touch?
1: Yeah, I'm Greg with two G's at the end, so Greg at avspecialist.com is uh, directly to my to my email. And then social, I actually don't know them off the top of my head. So,
0: it looks like our team uh, at One Fireflies in the comments already dropping in. the uh the, the facebook link there so great job team greg i know this was a this was a quick one we'll have to have you back on but thank you for taking time out of your your busy schedule to to join to join us here on episode 148 for automation unplugged thanks ron it was a pleasure awesome thank you Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Automation Unplugged. For a full transcript of this show and all previous shows, head over to our website at onefirefly.com forward slash AU. There you'll find links to all transcripts, show notes, Facebook Live recordings, and resources mentioned during the show. If you enjoyed this episode and like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please follow us on social media. We are at One Firefly LLC on all platforms. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of Automation Unplugged as we dive deeper into technology trends and the fascinating people that make up the custom integration industry. Bye for now.